Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 7th of December. A toddler has been killed and at least three others, including a one-year-old baby, are fighting for their lives after a horror crash in Melbourne. The two-year-old died and their mother and father were critically injured after a semi-trailer allegedly struck three cars on the Calder Freeway yesterday afternoon. Dashcam footage has revealed the B-double, which was carrying grain, swerved before crashing. Here is Detective Sergeant Mark Amos on Channel 7. It's monumentally frustrating to see this sort of stuff and it's for no reason other than just a bit of care, a bit of time. Take your time, slow down, look after each other. I don't want another one of these before Christmas. The driver of the truck has been taken into custody and is being interviewed by police. A six-hour siege has ended in Brisbane after an alleged gunman was shot dead by police. The 48-year-old man entered a commercial property in Stretton, allegedly armed with a gun yesterday afternoon, and five members of the public were inside at the time. Police negotiators were called in at 3pm and there are reports the man allegedly raised his weapon at officers before he was shot by police. He died later in hospital. The Ethical Standards Command is now investigating. The Queensland Premier has announced the state's borders will reopen earlier than expected. The original date was the 17th of December, but Anastasia Palaszczuk says travel restrictions will now ease four days earlier, with Queensland expected to hit its 80% double-dose target sometime this week. Every traveller must provide a negative COVID test before their arrival, with no quarantine needed for fully vaccinated travellers. The Queensland Premier says she's expecting a lot of emotional reunions at airports. Some of them haven't seen their grandkids for the first time. Some of them haven't seen their aunts and uncles, their mothers and fathers. Uh, This is going to be a very, very special time of the year. Meantime, Daniel Gershwind from the Queensland Tourism Industry Council says the early opening will be a massive boost for local businesses. We had plenty of uncertainty over the last two years and uh, that kind of news is just what we needed. The Premier has for some time said we will open the borders and she uh, held fast despite some uh, additional twists and turns in this COVID crisis with Omicron and and other uh, developments. Thousands of schools across New South Wales will shut down today as teachers stage a statewide protest. It's their first 24-hour strike in 10 years with staff asking for better pay. New South Wales Teachers Federation Senior Vice President Amber Flume says today's protest is about taking a stand for a better future for our children's education. We understand that it will be an inconvenience for some parents, but that pales in significance with the disruption that is occurring every single day. Parents are being told there'll be minimal supervision for students at schools and normal classes won't be running. It comes as bus and train drivers across Sydney also strike for better pay and conditions, causing a second day of commuter chaos. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. Two Victoria and two teenagers are lucky to be alive after a shark attack just before sunset last night. An off-duty lifesaver is being praised for saving their lives. Our reporter James Lake has more from Melbourne. 
The teenage girls encountered the shark at around 7.20 last night. Tash at Ocean Grove, which is south of Geelong. The pair were pulled from the water by an off-duty lifesaver who heard their calls for help. Emergency crews were also called to the scene and rushed them to Geelong Hospital in a stable condition. Now, the species of the shark hasn't been confirmed, but authorities have reminded beachgoers to always swim with a friend and stay between the flags and in sight of lifesavers. And to WA in the search is on to find a new venue for the fifth Ashes Test, with Cricket Australia stripping Perth of its hosting rights because of its strict border controls. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has the details from Perth. That's right, Tash. It's a major blow for Perth as Optus Stadium is stripped of the fifth Ashes Test. Cricket Australia says our strict border controls and the requirements for players and team staff to quarantine are to blame. WA Cricket Association boss Christina Matthews isn't happy. I'm really cranky about the fact that it's the second year in a row we're missing a test, but there's really no one to blame, um, which makes it really hard. It'd be easier if there was someone to blame, but it's just circumstances. While WA's attempts to steal the second test from Adelaide aren't looking good either, the idea was players could fly straight in from Brisbane without having to quarantine. But South Australia Premier Stephen Marshall has knocked that idea back for six. Western Australia made themselves the 12th man. Now they're complaining about not being able to get onto the Oval. So look, the reality is we are keeping uh, the second test here in Adelaide. Talks are now underway to find a new venue for the fifth match in January. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Now, it's interesting to note some governments overseas are already enforcing vaccine mandates, but there's been some new developments here in Australia for BHP workers and Qantas is also now under pressure. Tash, good morning. Yeah, that's exactly the case. So we reported a couple of weeks ago on the fact that BHP actually won a court case to allow it to mandate vaccines for its staff. They then took that to the Fair Work Commission, who've overturned that thing, basically saying, look, you guys didn't consult with the staff appropriately, and that's part of what you need to do as as an employer. The fact you didn't means you can't enforce this vaccine mandate. And apparently, for reports, Qantas is the next company in union sites to try and get the bans equally overturned where there hasn't been enough consultation. Now, Qantas is saying, hey, we've done, we've done everything we said. We've surveyed the staff. We've been involved. They believe the mandate will stand and the rules will remain in place for them, but it is going to unfortunately probably head to the courts, particularly if this BHP1 company resolved in the affirmative. We love buzzwords and I love this buzz <laughs> phrase out of COVID-19, anchor days. What does That's that good, mean and what implications <laughs> does it have on the so-called flexible workplace? Tasha, I don't know what consultants would do if they couldn't come up with buzz phrase. They'd have to find a, a real – no, sorry, apologize for the consultants out there. No, look, it's, it's, the, it's the new buzz phrase when it comes to trying to deal with workplace flexibility, as you suggest. It's pretty much the case of getting everyone in the office on the same day. Whatever day that is for, for your particular department or company, you can work from home, you can be flexible, but some companies and some – even government departments saying, look, that's all fine. We're going to have an anchor day on Tuesday or Thursday where everybody's got to be in the office to try and have those meetings, rebuild those relationships, and it's there – their attempt to try and kind of navigate this really strange and changing world of what does flexibility really mean? What do you really, where do you need to be and when to be a productive employee and have a great workplace culture? Anchor days might just be the, the answer, they, they think. Absolutely. <laughs> now, this is a big story. Could we see the end of the car yard? An Aussie startup has just raised $28 million to take used car buying online. This is a really cool story, isn't it? I'm going to say I 
think they might have something here. The business is called Karma with a C. Get it, Karma. Ah. Anyway, uh, I know you've got to be, got to be one of the cool kids these days. Uh, the good news is they're at least spelling it with all the vowels, which is unusual in, in tech these days. But they're trying to take, as you say, car buying, used car buying this is, online. Tesla, of course, pioneered it with the idea that you go to the showroom, you look at a car, and then yours gets delivered sometime later. The guys at Karma are saying, hey, we think that you know, these days everyone's used to buying online. If we do a really, really good job of showing you everything about the vehicle you're considering, including the imperfections, so any scratches and dents and tears and all that kind of stuff, if we do all that properly, we give you really good photos, they're betting that Australians will say, you know what, I don't want to go to the car, I don't want to haggle with the guy you know, at the, at the yard and try and have that conversation. A 15-minute test drive is really not much anywhere. You go around the block twice and figure that's enough. They reckon, I think they might be right, that we will be open at least to looking online and saying, you know what, I think I know enough about that car to buy it. I'll, uh, I'll jump online, I'll have it delivered on a truck. And here's the thing, you can return it inside the first week, no questions asked if you don't like the car you're buying. So we'll see whether that works, but it is the next new thing when it comes to car retailing. Everything is changing. Scott, thanks so much. Sure is. Thanks, Tash. <laughs> Time for Sport Now with Lee Giolo. And Lee, as we heard earlier from Emma in Perth, drama in the ashes even before a ball is bowled. Yes, that worst-kept secret has been confirmed. Optus Stadium will not be hosting the fifth and final test, and now we're waiting on news of the replacement. It looks like there could be three venues in the running, Canberra, Tasmania and the MCG, but no word just yet from Cricket Australia who'll get the nod. Meantime, it appears the first test at the Gabba could come close to a complete sellout if ticket sales are the way continue the way they are. GM Mark Zundens has given an update, and the numbers look good for bumper crowds starting tomorrow. We're We've sold just over 100,000 tickets at this stage for days one to four. Uh, the previous Ashes series was 117,000 people across the five days, uh, or notional five days. Uh, so we're really looking forward to seeing that same sort of number coming through the door. And if you were wondering, Tash, more than 5,000 pies and 20,000 buckets of chips are ready to be sold. Oh, how good are pie and chips? Anyway, um, to the Big Bash League, and thankfully the second match has been a bit closer than the first. Yes, it has been, but the Sydney Thunder still the superior side in Canberra. They sent the Brizzy Heat into bat first after winning the toss. Heat opening pair Chris Lynn and Max Bryant were out cheaply before 40s to Ben Duckett and Sam Heaslett helped the side to a respectable 8 for 140 and the Thunder were off to a slow start opener Alex Hales dismissed for a duck, but once Alex Ross t- came to the crease, they were never in doubt, belting 61 not out to lead the side to a 7-wicket win with 17 balls to spare. Captain Chris Green telling Fox Cricket it was a strong team effort. Really happy with our efforts. Fantastic start to the tournament. I thought we bowled outstandingly well early, particularly the fast bowlers, and then uh, clinical run chase. Um, we got off to a fly with Matt Jilks, but steadied the ship there with Alex Ross and Sam Billings just showed their class. And BBL action continues tonight, Tash, with the Melbourne Renegades home to the Adelaide Strikers. And missing out on the finals hurt Richmond veteran Trent Cochin last year, and now he's hitting the training track to avoid a repeat. Yeah, absolutely. The Tigers went from winning the Premiership last year to falling well short of finals this year. Plenty to talk about, too, around just who will replace the veteran as captain. Cochin says it could well be superstar Dustin Martin, but there are plenty of strong candidates. Yeah, I think he's he's one of many. He's got uh, amazing attributes. He's also got some weaknesses, like all of us as human beings. Um, but, you know, time will tell with who, who it is and uh, the direction that the, the club take. Lee, thanks so much. My pleasure, Tash. 
And a Victorian man is set to become a father in a state first. Sean Resnick is understood to be the first single man in Victoria to be allowed to have a baby via a surrogate. The 40-year-old faced endless roadblocks to have a biological child and after waiting years, he was finally given the go-ahead by officials and is now expecting a baby with the help of a surrogate, Carla, and his egg donor. Here is Sean on Channel 10 last night. I am ecstatic ever since we got the go-ahead to continue with our journey and Carla fell pregnant. It's been unbelievable, like yeah. cloud nine. Great news. We wish Sean all the best. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.